Welcome to the Starch Solution Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Healthy Emmy. I am a nutritionist and the creator of the Slim on Starch program. If you want to lose weight on a plant-based diet, listen to this podcast. Also, bonus points, go and watch all of my YouTube videos, Healthy Emmy on YouTube. But if you're really serious about this, go to healthyemmy.org, apply to work with me as well as a mindset coach and a nutrition coach, and let's do this thing. Now, on to the podcast. You know, when you're going about your day, you're in meetings, you're reading a book to your kid, you're with your partner, and you're there and you're engaging in conversation, but in the back of your mind, all you're thinking about is, should I eat this? Should I eat that? How many minutes until lunch? Does this make me look bad? Is this too tight? What am I gonna eat tomorrow? That low level food noise, that buzz. My Slim on Starch client, Liz, certainly knows about this. Something my Slim and Starch client Liz also knows about is how she so closely identified the way that she ate with her identity and she took pride in the eater that she was. She was adventurous. She was an easy guest to have. She would eat anything, put it in front of her, she'll eat it. And all of that was going to change if she pursued a whole food plant-based diet. So how does one go through these two challenges and end up successful in releasing weight? organisms have changed. So tell me Liz, where does your story with food and your identity and weight first start for you? Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about it. My earliest memory of food is what I discovered kind of through the mindset journals is how much being um, that kid who would was a good eater um, when I was very small, say four or five years old, was part of my identity. So I wasn't picky and I was complimented constantly on how I was such an adventurous eater and I you know I ate all of those things and I also um grew up in the Midwest I grew up in Wisconsin in the 80s and 90s and I was 100% sure that the world out there was um full of excitement and uh, class and elegance but where I was growing up it was just plain and boring so food was a portal to those other places. So I always wanted to try new things. And I was that person who, you know, people loved to um, say, hey, try this. What do you think of it? And all of that. And then, you know, so my kids are now 17 and 19, which means I've, it's been, when we've been married for 23 years. So it's been like, over 20 years of of kind of this exhausting cooking too much like too much emphasis on what I need to cook what everybody needs to eat uh trying to be healthy trying to be uh from scratch having a lot of uh, a lot of opinions about what's good and what's the right thing to eat and um you know in all of that somewhere along the line I think my metabolism started to change perhaps or I, I don't know if that's the right way to say it but somewhere along the line I wasn't able to keep my like I wasn't able to maintain my what I considered my normal weight and as soon as that started to happen I started to experiment you know um maybe I I think I tried whole 30 a couple times and failed <laughs> I uh got a couple of paleo cookbooks I tried I I tried being vegetarian or vegan periodically um, but it always fell apart with needing to have food for the whole family. 
um, and constantly cooking. So if I'm constantly cooking a pot roast, I'm not also going to be very good at being vegan. Plus, going back to the old, um, a, a, a good a good little girl eats what she's given and keeps everybody happy. I'm not going to tell everybody like I'm going to make what I want to eat and you can just eat whatever. So uh, when I around the time I was like 39, I I joined CrossFit. So that was my next round of trying to fix things because uh, I was not able to budge this. And I don't even think I knew how much I weighed at the time because I wasn't weighing myself for like 10 years in there. It's CrossFit. And I tried like core power yoga. So doing like intensive yoga all the time. Um, and then I I knew that that I knew that exercise wasn't necessarily going to help. So I tried Noom. That was the first time I ever was counting calories. And that was where starting to weigh myself again and like kind of being appalled when I actually did weigh myself. Um, because I realized that I was now actually 30 pounds heavier than I, than my high school weight. I knew that philosophically a whole food plant-based lifestyle was something that I wanted to do. But when I first talked to you, I said, I'm, I'm afraid of making that my identity. I'm afraid of telling people that because again, I'm, I'm the person who will eat anything, go anywhere, try anything spicy salt you know sour all, all of those things so finally kind of decided that it was enough was enough with making everybody else happy by spending weekends in the kitchen and I don't know that I was making everybody happy I think I was stressed and therefore I was they all recognized that I was stressed and have been just as happy maybe you know ordering in but that's kind of the the arc of um Food is meant to food is exhausting and um, and and now I need to kind of recalibrate and rebalance after after all that time. So you're in this place where you are trying to release weight. You're also trying to hold on to your identity. You're also trying all these different diets and they're not working. Describe how you're feeling during this time, emotionally, physically, mentally. I'm mostly exhausted. I I felt like I, I felt like I would um, just like like work so hard and lose a couple pounds. Like I think overall I lost about the first ten pounds of it. But then as soon as I eased up, you know, so as soon as we had visitors, as or as soon as there was a holiday, I would gain five pounds back. So let's say I would spend you know six months losing ten pounds, and then I'd gain five pounds back, and just be like. Um, it, it just, it just felt exhausting. And then meanwhile, I was frustrating myself because I knew, uh, I was using food to avoid boredom or, or to, um, assist while I was working. So I, I have an office job. I, we do a lot of writing. We do a lot of editing. We do a lot of computer work and it's very easy to get to the middle of the afternoon and say, I can't, I can't focus. I guess I should you know, tour around the office and see if anybody brought any treats today or, mm -hmm. you know, see if there's something that I can snack on. So I knew I was doing that and I knew I was nickel and numbing myself in that way. Um, and then I knew that I would come home and be like, oh, I, I really should have a glass of wine. Right. So I, I knew that I was um, eating these these things that were not supporting me and not, not making me feel good. And also I was constantly worried that I wasn't going to have enough 
food at work to keep me full all day because I, I just, you know, it's a long day. So I was constantly like, um, you know, stressed. Oh, I only have this soup. How am I going to make it through the day? Okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go scrounge around. I'm going to see if there are treats anywhere, see if anybody brought any food to me. And, and like that sort of constant, like scrounging mindset was always so agitated. It just, I just felt like I, I, I need some to be soothed and it wasn't, you know, it, it, it just was really frustrating, especially watching, working so hard and then watching the pounds come back so quickly and easily, like in, within, you know, it, fe it felt like within a week you could erase six months worth of hard work. Mm, that is exhausting because on the outside where your body is showing that perhaps even you're gaining weight or you're not losing weight, it might look like you don't care at all about this. You're not thinking about food whatsoever, but on the inside, what's happening internally is this internal low level buzz at all times about what to eat, what not to eat, that your body looks good, that your body doesn't look good and those clothes don't fit. Should I do this? Should I do that? And how frustrating that is because to the outside, eye it's like that person's not even thinking twice about it but inside you are really struggling and exhausted exactly exactly yeah we're just thinking about it and knowing just and, and feeling a little bit out of control you know like I I don't feel like if I open a bag of chips I'm going to eat the whole bag of chips but I do feel like if there were chips in the office I sure as heck every day was going to like happen to walk by them and happen to give myself a pile of them you know and um n knowing now how much the like like you talk about the neural pathways right like the more you do that the more your body is like clink it's time you know it's it's three o'clock go get go get them you need a salty treat now you need a sugary treat now in fact go get salty and sugary you may as well <laughs> and i mean <laughs> that low level buzz about food and what to eat and what not to eat would at least be somewhat worth it if you were releasing the weight and getting the results, but you weren't, which makes it a million times more frustrating. It's like you're thinking about this 24-7 and you're not getting the results that you're looking for. That is exhausting. And what was needed in order to eliminate that low-level buzz, as we talked about the first time we met on our introductory phone call, is a need for structure, stability, and predictability around food so that it's not always the ping pong, the courtroom of what should I eat? Should I eat this? Should I eat that? Maybe I should have this. Maybe I should have that. To just have it running on autopilot in the background so that you didn't have to worry about it was what you desired. Of course, you wanted the results too, but even more so to be at peace and to not have that buzz around food. Exactly, exactly. And when we first talked, you said that you said you wanted on autopilot in the background. It was such a like, it was so funny because you the way you said it, I was just like, you took the words out of my mother, you took like the thought out of my brain and I and, and articulated it in a way that I was like dumbfounded. I was like, that's exactly what I want it to be so easy and so predictable. And just something that like, like, I don't mind thinking about food periodically but do i have to think about it every day 
in this way? Like, just, does it have to be a constant in my life? Exactly. It's like we use the bathroom every day. We drink water every day. But those are not thoughts that consume us 24-7. We go do those things when it's necessary. We complete that task and then we move on. And it should be the same way with food. Now, a time of year where that buzz is louder than ever is during the holiday season where food is everything. And honestly, there's always an excuse for food to be the center of attention. But you made a very deliberate decision this past holiday season, which is very counterintuitive to what most people do. Tell us about the decision that you made this past holiday season. You work really well for me because of the way you're like, you're no nonsense, you're, you know, you're fact-based and, and you're not, you're not like playing games. You're just like, hey, this is what it is, it's simple. You know, it's right here, it's easy. Look, look at all of these things. And uh, and you're certain. I also think um, I also think that there's a part of for those of us who loved school, there's a part of us who would really like our second grade teacher to be part of our lives. You know, like Mrs. Benedum has got to be the best human on the planet, and I wish that she was part of my life. And so to have you be there, being like, I'm a teacher, and this is how I teach. I was like, I I could do some of that in my life. I could be a student again. Um, I also really liked the idea that you had, um, it's windy, uh, you worked with a mindset coach and, uh, and a nutrition coach as well, because that idea of a team seemed like cool. And then I decided to call you when the holidays were on the corner. So my, uh, my son graduated from, uh, from high school, and so we had a big celebration in May when you know, people came out, all, all this stuff, gained five pounds as you could have expected. And I hadn't budged it yet. And I was facing the holidays and I was like, I'm going to gain another five pounds and I'm going to lose all of the progress I've made. I'm going to be back at square one. I can't do that this year. I can't do it. So that's why I called you in the middle of November to be like, I got to get through this holiday season without losing my mind. Um, and, and yeah, and I, I, told right away I was worried about my identity you know like I'm my identity is somebody who <clears throat> isn't picky is the easy guest anything you put in front of me no problem and you're like like you're like you don't have to give up your identity to uh to eat this way or to join this program and you know I I think I told you like I even now like after we've I've been doing this for eight weeks and even now I'm afraid to call myself vegan or afraid to call myself whole food plant-based and and I I I think that people we have a misconception that people who join your program are all all already vegan or all already um eating a certain way and that they have to eat that certain way the whole time but in fact in your program I've seen that a lot of people um <clears throat> aren't or haven't been or are on that journey and like so that was another another cool thing for me that it wasn't like you have to eat in this one certain way forever because that's uh socially for me that's really difficult a very wise decision but one that came with a lot of challenge because something that you were nervous about was your identity and how especially during the holidays when you're an adventurous eater you'll eat anything you're not a picky guest you're an easy person to host this presented a big challenge for you what's going to happen to my identity if i become a whole food plant-based 
eater, if I become a vegan, the V word, talk to us about that a little bit. That, that was, you know, especially during the holidays, it was cool because the, with the kids home, we were, you know, they were, they're, they're a good engine for going out and doing stuff where, you know, it's, and again, I feel like looking at, looking back at 20 years of, of teaching myself how to cook and being the cook in the family, I, f I feel like that sort of became a, a crutch a little bit. Like I didn't have to think about what else I wanted to do because I just have to spend all weekend cooking, you know, so there's a bit of a martyr complex there as well. Um, and it, there is the question, if you take that away from me, who am I? Um, if I'm not trying to balance the fact that, you know, you don't like chicken and you don't like fish and you don't like, um, you don't like soup and you don't like, right. I don't know. Everybody has their own thing. Right. So uh, like there was definitely a, like, you know, woe is me a bit with, I'm just trying to keep this family fed. <laughs> and then of course, you know, they grow up and they start going to 7-Eleven and buying themselves bags of chips and, um, here in Hawaii, they buy spam musubi all the time. So, like, you know, you, you kind of, all of that effort, you have to recognize that, like, yep, they're, they're starting to become self-sufficient, and therefore it's okay to kind of, I, it was okay for me to talk to me and be like, listen, this is what I'm going to cook. Do if you, you want those other things, go ahead and make it. And that relates beautifully to one of the first things that we do mindset-wise together, which is establishing your food philosophy. What do I want food to represent in my world? And for every client that I work with, it looks a little bit different, and that's okay. And for you, it was, I want, you wrote this as your food philosophy, that you wanted food to be the fuel to allow you to go out and experience all the beautiful primary foods. And at the same time, you still want to hold on to that part of you that can be flexible in social situations situations or on adventures and it's so important to be able to recognize that we can have both if we want to this doesn't have to be so rigid and it can be individualized do you think that you lost your identity going through this program oh no i think um so that's such a good question i hadn't thought about that i think that um my identity has morphed a little bit to being like less food centric and um, just simpler. I, I just think that my my attitude toward food is I don't want it to be complicated, and I um, I want to do other stuff. I, I, but you know, it's also funny because it's like it's been eight weeks, and I feel I feel essentially still me. Um, and I feel like the eight weeks has gone in in the snap of a finger, and yet. In those eight weeks, I have managed to get rid of some really some habits that I wasn't enjoying, you know, like so again, the habit of um, telling myself I wanted a glass of wine or I wanted a drink at night or the habit of going in and getting the snacks. I you know in part one one reason to join a program and one reason to have, you know, to join your program in particular is I can, I was able to be like, well, Emmy's already made this decision for me. Emmy already, uh, you know, I essentially I can have like, okay, I, I promised Emmy in my mindset journal that I wasn't going to drink while I was on this program. So therefore I'm not going to. And like, so there's like, there's this, this sort of, it's, 
the, the mind game that you're playing with yourself, there's no difference between today and today in your ability to go and pour yourself a glass of wine. But I, I, I promised my coaches that I'm not going to, or I just told them that when I was myself, I guess. And so therefore I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to go and get those snacks. I'm going to go and, and pine after dessert. And then the other thing that occurred during that time was, you know, of course there were tons of desserts and I, you know, somebody like they gave me a piece of cake at work, put it on my desk. Here's the somebody's birthday cake. And I just sat there with this cake on my desk for, you know, several hours and then I took home and gave it to my husband and I was like this cake looks good I have had a lot of cake in my life I don't need to know how this cake tastes because I know that it tastes good and that's great I don't need to eat it right now because I just I don't need it you know like so that change thing like I, I if I did have a sense of like, oh, it was such a rough day, I, I I should have a drink. And then the question like, why? Why do you want that? What what's what do you think is going to happen, or or how is this going to relieve your stress? And you talked also about um, how people can be a little bit volatile when they're not self soothing with with treats or with alcohol or with whatever, because you get home and you say it was such a rough day. And instead of turning to an external thing to soothe yourself, you just have to sit there and be like, yeah, yeah, it was rough. And I did it and I'm going to do it tomorrow. And, you know, now I can decide what to do with my couple of hours tonight. So I think a beautiful way to look at this is that you changing your relationship with food did not rob you of your identity but instead it forced you to in such a liberating way discover all the other things that make you you and add to your identity and add to what makes liz liz outside of liz is just the cook liz is the martyr that cooks for everyone else now you've discovered all of these other aspects and you've widened your self-identity yeah yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Liz. This was so beautiful, and I think it'll be very helpful to individuals who struggled with the same things, and you show that there is a way out here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for uh, being you and, and having the program, and, and thank you to Charlene and Beth for being awesome coaches as well. <laughs> it's, a, it's been a great time. If you made it to this point of the video, I want you to comment blossom because Liz's identity has blossomed through changing her dietary preferences as opposed to robbed her of her identity. If you want to work with me in the Slim on Starch program, click the link in the down bar and I can't wait to meet you. I love you honeys and I'll see you in my next video.